On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This October, Overwatch 2 arrives. I'm going to give you a rundown on what to expect from the new free-to-play team-based shooter game. There are a ton of epic heroes to play, each with their own unique abilities, personalities, and roles. Charge into battle as a guerrilla scientist, take aim as a cybernetic super soldier, or heal up your team as a rollerblading DJ. No matter what mode you play, work together to get that dub. Overwatch 2, free to play October 4th. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Monday, January 31st. The end of January here, February begins tomorrow, and we have three days of NHL action left before the All-Star break. So uh, we're coming down to the uh, crunch here of the end of the first half of the season. Uh, just from a programming standpoint, by the way, Alex B. Smith with me right now back uh, after the weekend, uh, ready to break down the Monday card. We do want to mention a few programming notes. Uh, we will have three more shows this week for the Ice Guys, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Of course, there are games all three days this week. Then we will be off Thursday through Sunday, so four days without shows as we take some much-needed R&R, actually, a little bit, a little rest, a little relaxation, get away from doing the show every single day for at least a few days. That'll be nice. And we'll be back with you next Monday, February the 7th at 2 p.m. Eastern time with our first show following the All-Star break. And also, our first live betcast of the season – we have been, I know people have been anxious for this. I've been getting messages, emails, DMs saying, Ian, when's the first Ice Guys Betcast? We've been waiting long enough. Well, wait no longer. The first live Betcast of the season coming up tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern is when we're going to start, right just before the puck drop of the first games on the Tuesday slate. Uh, feel free to join us. We will send StreamYard links. Buddy. Uh, interested in joining us live on the stream tomorrow night. Uh, we're excited about that. Uh, so DM me, Alex, Andrew, uh, Jimmy, anybody, the Ice Guys Twitter, at the underscore Ice Guys, if you want to join us on the BetCast tomorrow night and get a StreamYard link invitation, uh, just contact any one of us, and we'll make sure we send one and we'll get you on, at least for a portion of the show. Again, I think there's like a 10-person capacity on these streams. So, you know, if we hit 10, we're going to have to be uh, bouncing people in and out, in and out. So we get to give everybody a chance, everybody a fair shake. So uh, we're looking forward to that tomorrow night. No question. Our first ice guys bet cast of the season, certainly from my standpoint and Alex's standpoint, you're talking to some grizzled vets in the sports betting and the hockey betting industry. Now you're talking 10 plus years. Now we've been doing this every single day. You're going to get a chance firsthand look to see how we do things from a live betting standpoint tomorrow night, what we look for, how we time it in terms of pulling the trigger on our live bets, yeah. specifically with those first period overs. I know everyone's excited to see Alex put his theory in motion 
in live stream form tomorrow night, waiting these first five, six minutes, looking to get a better number on a first period bet, specifically a first period over. So we're looking forward to that bet cast tomorrow night, aren't we, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, I'll definitely be on throughout that first period. I think we got most of the games, which is really interesting with the NHL lately. A lot of these games are actually going to start at the, uh, you know, this is the six o'clock hour. So uh, well, seven o'clock Eastern time. So there'll be a lot to digest right off the jump with uh, at least about five or six games going. Oh yeah, there are a ton. Uh, and a lot of them are early and we've got some really good matchups uh, as well. We've got uh, uh, the Capitals and the Penguins. Doesn't get any better than that. That rivalry, it's always fun to see it. The Rangers and the Panthers is an outstanding game uh, tomorrow night uh, in the early slate. Uh, some Tampa Bay's in action. The Leafs are in action. Uh, the, the Flyers are in action. Okay, I'm kidding. I can't really throw them in the pile. <laughs> but, hey, they did win on Saturday against the LA Kings. Uh, before we get into Monday's card, Alex, um, uh, some thoughts on the weekend, Saturday's games, uh, st- yesterday's games. Anything stuck out? How did the weekend go in the, so- on the NHL? I got to talk about what I posted yesterday on Twitter. Uh, for those of you, if you haven't seen it and follow me on Twitter, AX no sports, I posted a ticket, the winning ticket of the second period under in the Boston Dallas game. And yes, it was 12 and a half plus a dollar 40. Now, obviously that was a horrible number and it was a, a typo. It was eventually corrected. This was at over at my bookie. And it's funny because I don't even use this book that often to play period totals. I actually just book more for football. But it always I always tell people just take a gander at, at things and, and you know always look at obviously you want to cross check lines with whatever other books you have uh, and just kind of just look at numbers sometimes because I just happen to scroll down and I like the first period over in that game I hit that as well but I just happen to scroll down and I see this and I'm like wait a minute I'm like this isn't the one and a half mark this is a twelve and I click on it and it still like came up you know confirmed bet and everything and. You know, I didn't hammer it. I didn't empty my account on it because I thought, okay, that would be the red flag of them to, you know, avoid the bet. I was waiting all day for to get an email saying that this bet was going to be voided. And it wasn't. And sure enough, even though there were two goals in the second period, I cashed my under 12 and a half, probably the easiest bet I'll cash in my entire life. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it worked out just fine. But you got to always pay attention. That's why we always talk about that. Just double check and triple check things because, conversely, you could have put in, you know, uh, what you thought was going to be just a, a, a regular number. And it ends up being some kind of error, and that could work against you uh, in your favor sometimes. So just always pay attention. Yeah, I'm absolutely stunned they paid it out, Alex. I'll be yeah. quite honest. I'm totally uh-huh. shocked by that. Shocked, yeah. shocked, shocked, as I would say. <laughs> Can't believe it. Because every time I see a mistake by a sports book on a prop bet or a side mm-hmm. total, whatever, I always say, you know what? They're eventually going to see it's an error. And even if it does, obviously, you know, if, if they do say, hey, you bet it at under 12 and a half, you should honor it. Eventually right. they'll say, wait a minute, human error, mistake, and you'll just get yeah. your bet voided and refunded to you. Yeah, I've like never actually seen them pay it out. That's why I never usually get my hopes up when I see that and I say, yeah. blah, let's pile in and bet, you know, bet, put the mortgage on under 12 and a half here because I'm always convinced the books are going to realize the mistake and eventually refund it. And that's the way it's been for me every single time when I've tried to take advantage of a mistake. The fact that it paid it out, Alex, it really does shock me. It shocks me as well. I'm grateful for it, obviously. And it's funny because I mentioned – you know, I, I posted it to you guys first in the, in our Twitter chat. We have our little, you know, chat. And I, I said, if you have a MyBookie account, grab this as soon as you can. And I think it was like three minutes later, like Jimmy looked it up and was like, yeah, they had already reset it back to where it was. So like I said, just the human error. And I guess they, you know, I don't know if my bet was the one that, that triggered it. 
you know, I, I'd love to know how many people actually were able to get down on that number. But uh, like <laughs> just a, one of those, uh, you know, we always have great gambling stories. That's one I'll definitely be able to, to remember for a while and uh, think about that. One day I was just laying in bed and all of a sudden they got a <laughs> under 12 and a half in hockey. It's going to be one of those ones. Yeah. 20 years from now, you can tell it to tell it to anybody, in, uh, you know, uh, that, hey, 20 years ago, this happened. I bet under 12 and a half uh, goals uh, in this game. And they actually honored the bet and paid it out. Yeah, uh, you don't always, you rarely ever see that. So yeah. good stuff there, uh, Alex. Glad you at least got to, to take advantage of that, and they actually did pay you for it. Uh, way to go there. Hopefully they don't take it back. Good point, Alan. Hopefully they do not uh, take it back. So so far so good. It's still there. So <laughs> very good. All right, awesome stuff. No doubt about that. Um, uh, in terms of yesterday, uh, look, the show was very good. By the way, shout out to Renus Vitalins, our guest. He joined us both days over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, and uh, did a great job. Uh, shout out to you, Vito, and I see you in the chat. Uh, great work this weekend uh, on the ice, guys, joining us on the show. And yesterday was a good day for me. I mean, just an outstanding uh, day overall. I think we lost with the Penguins team total over, and we lost with the Carolina-San Jose over. Uh, other than that, though, Rangers in regulation. Wow, what a thriller. Uh, that game was 2-1 to one range. To be honest with you, they were badly outshot, badly outplayed by the Kraken. It was another Igor Shesterkin masterpiece for the New York Rangers. Sure enough, the Kraken tie the game 2-2 uh, in the third period, and Keandre Miller with a wrist shot right off a face-off, just over 30 seconds left to give the Rangers a 3-2 lead and an eventual 3-2 win. Salvation and a save for my regulation play there on the Rangers, thanks to that late goal uh, for Keandre Miller in that game. Uh, I took Dallas as a home dog against Boston. That worked out well. I said they'll probably bounce back and be ticked off after getting embarrassed by Washington at home. And do we really trust Boston? Third road game on this West Coast trip, you know, against what could be a pretty uh, focused, uh, agitated, uh, and certainly uh, fired up Dallas team. And that's exactly what we saw. I also had the first period over. I mentioned the uh, first period over trends with both Boston and Dallas recently had been very strong. Uh, and Alex had that as well uh, as one of his plays yesterday. And I said, that's an Alex B special. I don't bet a lot of first period overs, but that one stuck out because we've seen trends of Boston games and Dallas games having goals and bunches in the opening period and then slowing down uh, later yep. in the game. Still got there if you took the full game over. Uh, but you did have to sweat that still a little bit. There was no sweat whatsoever uh, with the uh, first period over for sure in that uh, Bruin Stars game. What else did we have yesterday? There's a there's one I'm forgetting there. Oh, yeah, of course. The best bet Columbus, Montreal over the total. It couldn't have been any easier. Uh, that's just a, they're two dead nuts over teams, Columbus and Montreal. Montreal just can't keep the puck out of their own nets. A horrendous defense. It's goaltending that's not good enough to overcome the defensive miscues that go on uh, in front of them, whether it's Montembeau, whether it's uh, Primo. They're just having all kinds of issues right now uh, in terms of keeping the puck out of their own net. And Columbus is no uh, New Jersey Devils of the 90s uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, definitely not a surprise to see goals there. Minnesota, that's the one I missed. Of course, Terry would remind me of that. Uh, of course, Look, I said that yesterday. The Islanders have beaten nobody but sisters of the poor for the better part of the last month. I mean, we're going to get all excited for three wins against Philly and a win against Arizona and a win against New Jersey for this Islanders. And I like the Islanders. I hate bashing them. They've been good to me in the past. They've been deep into the playoffs the last two years. But I'm telling you, they have not beaten a quality team going back to December 30th. The best win is Edmonton. And Teddy Covers, who, of course, we all know, sets this to me years ago it's not always who you play it's when you play them 
So you're going to look at the Islanders beating Edmonton and you're going to say, well, what are you talking about, Ian? That's a great win for the Islanders. They beat Edmonton, you know, since December 30th. But they played Edmonton when Edmonton was a shit show. Their yep. season was careening off a cliff at the time. They were in the throes of that horrendous losing streak. So I don't make as big of a deal. Oh, that's not too – I don't say that's a quality win at the time because the Oilers just were awful at the time the Islanders beat them. So that's why I think the Islanders still have not beaten anybody good here in the calendar year, and it continued last night. They lose to the Minnesota Wild in that game. We got Andrew McGinnis with us. We've missed Andrew. He's been – away over the weekend but back with us now andrew how was your weekend and uh great to have you back it's great to be here uh i had a nice chat on twitter with our guest uh i guess your guest that you had over the weekend ian i look forward to hopefully being on with you guys sometime when we have him back uh pretty good weekend overall uh saturday i went splitsville which is you know uh you know not great not bad i guess but the good news is kind of the 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 bad days i've been having recently have been just like that you know so i'll take that i guess but uh yeah i mean uh, it's funny. I've got a, a buddy of mine, guys. He, he doesn't bet hockey that much. Not really a huge hockey follower, but uh, he'll ask me for picks. And so I'll give him. I gave him the Montreal over um, in that Edmonton game, and he says, "Well, I know it was yeah in several games. No, the Ducks game was a big one for me." And he says, "Dude, why aren't we just betting the over?" in every single Montreal and he knows like nothing about hockey. He's like, you could just find a few teams and just bet the over. And it's funny because you mentioned Ian Columbus and Montreal being over teams, but it's not because they're doing the scoring. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not because they're the ones getting involved scoring wise. So I found that kind of interesting. Cause it's not like they're even really the ones contributing uh, to that. I wanted to bring up a cool stat uh, to you guys that I found. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. It, it's uh, to do with puck line wagering, and you guys know that I've uh, I've vented a little bit about how you know past years I haven't done had the best luck with puck lines, but it's sort of changed this year a little bit. So a hundred dollar better only taking NHL puck line favorites since November thirteenth is up five thousand dollars. So we always talk about bankroll management and you know working with so many different people and interacting with so many people on Twitter. Um, we we could all say to each other, well, my limit is minus one fifty, minus minus one, whatever, right? And I'm and you guys are, just, you know, we're all you know very uh, non confrontational people. Who you know, you guys all can, everybody has their own opinions, right? The funny thing is, some people will say, well, I won't go any higher than this. The good news is, right now, if you're betting these favorites above minus one eighty right now, they're cashing in. But if you're betting those, this stat tells us that we should just be taking the puck lines on them. You're up five thousand dollars if you're betting puck line favorites uh, since twenty uh, since November thirteenth. That's pretty incredible. So yeah, that's every favorite then minus one and a half goals since that t- date. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're profitable by that amount. Uh, that is, I, I didn't think it was like that. I thought for the, early in the year, especially that the uh, puck line favorites were falling short. You know, in a lot of instances, but obviously things have changed a little bit. And we saw evidence of that. Obviously, Saturday, there were a few of those, you know, Edmonton stands out. Puck line got there. Toronto, after a bad start against Detroit, uh, the puck line got there. So uh, definitely some recent evidence that uh, puck line wagers have been doing uh, much better here on the favorites. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. There's certainly a lot of big favorites tonight. Is that a foreshadowing for Andrew that maybe he's looking at some puck lines with favorites tonight? <laughs> uh, we'll have to wait and see. There is a potential for one in the first game here on this Monday card. The Florida 
Panthers uh, taking on the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, we've got in this one, we've got Florida minus 290 road favorites, uh, six and a half the total across the board. And you'll see on the screen, we're going to start doing this now when we're talking about a game. We'll display what game it is, the line at the time. We know we've had people in the YouTube comments saying, Ian, where's the timestamps? Where's the... Uh, games that you're talking about on the screen at the time so here you go we're going to get more graphics going you know in the next couple of weeks we'll put some fancy graphics in but at least if you're watching this show on youtube not live but archived you know you'll at least know at the time you're you know scrolling uh, across you know the portions of the show you'll know which game we're talking about at the time uh, based on the graphics so panthers and jackets minus 290 florida uh, six and a half the total here uh, in this game uh, when you look at it here the panthers now back on the road where you know they've been a little bit more susceptible they haven't been nearly as dominant obviously as they've been at home it's amazing they go back home to uh, florida after the road trip where you know they did lose a couple uh, on that road trip, they lost to Calgary, they lost to Seattle, but they did beat Edmonton, Vancouver, and Winnipeg as well. They still had a decent road trip, winning road trip, three and two, uh, but they go back home and they beat Vegas and San Jose. Great comeback against San Jose. That game didn't start well uh, for the Panthers, but they rallied uh, to come back and win that game. We're relentless was the quote from Jonathan Huberto after the game uh, against San Jose where they came back. And I wouldn't disagree with that. They are relentless, and it's easy to be relentless when you can put the puck in the net and outscore your problems and outscore your deficits. Uh, and Florida can obviously do that quite a bit. Uh, Huberto has been magnificent this year, 42 points uh, right now for Huberto in the last 24 games. Outstanding stuff uh, from him. Uh, Alexander Barkov, uh, not only great defensively, but five goals in the last six games. So he's really picked it up offensively for Florida. So, you know, it's just a tough, tough team to defend. We know that. They're absolutely loaded up front uh, with what they've got. They've pretty much got most people healthy up front as well, outside of uh, Patrick Hornquist. You know, Sam Bennett, Tippett, Verhage, Duclair, Reinhardt, Huberto, Barkov. It's just an embarrassment of riches uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. And uh, on the other side, you got Columbus that can sometimes just be an embarrassment. You know, so and, and so it's going to be interesting to see what we uh, get here from the Jackets tonight in this game. Jackets, though, I'll tell you what, they're, they're capable at the offensive end of the ice. We've seen that. Uh, they've won two games in a row and against the Montreal Canadiens uh, since they, uh, you know, since they had that embarrassing loss at home against the uh, Calgary Flames. You know, we saw uh, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets bounce back, play a lot better. Uh, in the last couple games, but it is going to be a tall order here. They're still shaky at the back end. We see, still see this as a team that's given up a grand total of uh, 12 goals uh, in their last three games combined. So they're giving up four goals per game. I'm going to just go over the total here. I know this Florida team can be a little bit dicey with their offensive production on the road. Uh, it drops off compared to at home. There's no question, uh, at least a little bit. But on the recent road trip, you look who they played. They played Winnipeg. They played Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. They played pretty much better teams outside of Columbus, uh, than better teams on that road trip than Columbus. So I think you're going to see Florida be able to put the puck in the net. And you might see Florida lapse defensively. This kind of reminds me we might see a game similar here to Seattle, Florida. Maybe not Columbus winning like Seattle did that night, but Florida wasn't focused defensively. They weren't sharp. You could see maybe the Jackets at home put a couple of pucks in the net. So. I would lean over six and a half here uh, in this one. And it's just got that feel where if you're Florida, the all-star breaks closing, are you really, really going to be at your absolute best here on the road against a team that's 
maybe not going to get you totally fired up and excited. And a Columbus team that's every given night has a chance to be at least offensively capable. So uh, I would lean, I would actually maybe consider a plus one and a half to be quite honest with you on Columbus uh, in this game. I'd rather have that than anything on Florida. Uh, but I like over six and a half as well. Alex, uh, what do you think here of Florida Columbus? Yeah, I mean, these are two of the best first period over teams in, in the league right now. And obviously we're seeing twos across the board. So this is one I'll jump in uh, any game and try to grab at a better price. But we should be able to get that one and a half. You know, you worry at, at this point that these two teams, how quickly will they score against one another because of uh, – how well they've done. They got off to, to hot stars. Like you said, Florida, this could be one of those spots where, like I said, you know, kind of looking ahead to the, the all-star break uh, and being on the road against an inferior team, they can get kind of get caught, you know, napping a little bit. So, you know, maybe look for a, you know, a spot Columbus to score first potentially. Uh, and then things kind of might, might change from there and see if Florida wakes up from it after the, the first 20 minutes of play. Yeah, I might actually take that plus one and a half. I, I do like the way this sets up nine to two. They absolutely destroyed Columbus. Uh, in Florida earlier this month, just a couple weeks ago, it was 9-2 Panthers. It was a, just a horrendous game for the Jackets, you know, and, you know, we've that, that's definitely going to be resonating toward them. Now they're going to have to, they're obviously uh, up against it here just because the Panthers are so good. But, you know, we've seen Bjorkstrand, we've seen Lion A step up offensively the last few games, Boone Jenner as well. Uh, this young kid, by the way, uh, Igor Shinnikov, uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. If you want to sprinkle a bargain bin goal score prop on anybody with Columbus tonight, that's the guy right now. He's starting to pick it up. We're starting to see him find the back of the net. There's one of the higher-end prospects they've got on this uh, roster at the moment. So Igor Shinnikov right now for the um, Columbus Blue Jackets might be someone to consider uh, in terms of uh, player prop value at the moment for uh, the Blue Jackets. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here with the uh, Panthers and Jackets? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the Jackets have scored recently uh, and they've looked okay recently, but I hate to say it, but look who they've played, right? And it's all about that. It's all about who you've played. Um, everybody always says you can only can, you can't you can you know, can only play who's in front of you. However, we have to take that into account. And the last time these two teams met, you know, I always say that's kind of a something that doesn't really matter too too much. But when it's nine two, it does matter. It's something you think about. Um, and being in the back-to-back, I was saying on last week's show that I don't think back-to-backs are a huge deal, but I think they're a bigger deal for teams that aren't really that good. So if you're looking at a team like Tampa Bay playing a back-to-back, I'm not too worried about it. But a team like Columbus, you know, after a game like yesterday, lighting up the Habs, you know, coming in now, um, back home, hosting the Panthers here. Uh, the amount of goals the Panthers have scored, averaging something like 5.2 goals their last 15 games, something crazy like that. Uh, it's hard not to look at them right now. Columbus is third last in the league on the season in goals against per game. They're dead last in January in expected goals. Uh, not really a good recipe <laughs> when you're going up against the Florida Panthers, a team that's, you know, scores at will. So, um, yeah, I really like this game here for the Panthers. I'm not going to overthink it. Uh, I'm looking at the puck line for the Florida Panthers here in this one. All right, Florida minus one and a half here in this one, which you can get currently at around uh, plus, minus 120 uh, in this game against the uh, Jackets. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. It's going to be interesting because uh, Columbus, uh, a great quote from Wierenski here. When the crowd starts chanting, we want 10 uh, and they are one goal away, I don't think there's a more embarrassing feeling that we could possibly have than that. So they remember it, but are they good enough to do something about it? There's a big difference between remembering it, wanting payback, 
wanting to, you know, just shake off the embarrassment yeah. of that 9-2 loss and then being good enough to really do something about it. And that's the challenge ahead. Uh, I want to mention I think Sam Bennett too. Columbus team. Yes, yes. Well, and that's really the, that's real. But do you, do you agree that if, if Columbus wasn't on the road and they were just at home waiting for Florida, it's a bigger deal than if the fact that they just played at the Bell Center and then now they're, you know what I mean? Now they're, now they're going back home waiting for Florida. I think that's definitely a factor. I was looking at, I wanted to ask your opinion, Ian, on uh, Sam Bennett here. Been playing real well. Great hockey for him yes. recently. And we talk about the depth of this Panthers team. Huberto's tearing it up. But um, I talk a lot about, uh, you know, the power play guys are, are huge for the prop betting market. But yeah. if you're not on PP1 or PP2, your every prop that you're involved in is way more better odds, way better odds. And Sam Bennett's not out there. So I think it's really good odds for Sam Bennett to score a goal or even just to get a point. Yeah, Sam Bennett's definitely been one of those players that uh, I've been uh, looking toward with props for a lot. I mean, this is a terrific run that he's put together. Uh, you look at the games he's played, he has scored at least one goal for the Florida Panthers uh, in eight of the last nine games. Only the Seattle game did he fail to score a goal. You know, and he's had points in uh, all those games as well, except that Seattle game. So he's been a points machine. He's been a goal scoring machine. Uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. So, yeah, no, I, I would not say to anyone, do not bet Sam Bennett right now uh, to score a goal. He has got it going. Goals in eight of the last nine for the uh, Florida Panthers. I believe we have Jimmy with us via audio uh, today on the uh, Monday show. Uh, Jimmy, if you can hear me, welcome in. And what do you think here, Florida Columbus? Oh, we had him. We did. up. Oh. Maybe we don't now. You're right. Uh, I think that we heard the maps on his. I think he tried to turn it off, but I don't know if we. Uh, all, you guys got me. There oh, we go. got you now. There, there you go. <laughs> all right. All right. Good. Good. Hey, I'll I'll, I'll keep it quick here, guys, because I am on the mass bike heading uh, heading towards Boston to do some sledding with the daughter. But awesome. what I will say about this game is I, I'm I'm gonna I like this spot for Columbus. I, I agree with you, Andrew. Like it's not a team I'd like to take generally on a back to back. It's not a team I like to take in general. Period. But I, I just think right now, you know, Columbus doesn't have much going for them except that revenge factor in the back of their head. And sometimes that is a big factor. And I think Ian's right. I think Florida's looking ahead right now. They're already got their minds on, you know, some of them might be going to Cabo. Some are going to the All-Star game. Some are just going home. There's a lot of games like that you got to watch out for as you approach the All-Star break where people's minds have just sailed already. So, I'm going to take the underdog in this. Give me the Columbus Blue Jackets and give me the over in this. Well, that's money line. You're taking the money line. See, I'm just being safer yes, with plus one and a half. Wow. You're taking the uh, money line too. Wow. Plus uh, 260. A big number with the uh, Columbus Maybe, maybe Blue I'm Jackets. cocky because I took the Bengals. So there you go. <laughs> Lightning <laughs> will strike twice maybe for Jimmy. We'll see with the uh, underdog <laughs> magic here. Uh, yeah, I don't love the back-to-back. -back. That's true. It's a rest advantage for Florida. Uh, by the way, if you're liking the over as well, which I think a lot of us are, the Seagulls tonight, uh, Columbus is 5-0 and to the over on the second of back-to-back -back games this year. So uh, they've been over the total in every single game. And uh, it looks like in terms of goaltending here tonight, Bobrovsky, now look, Bobrovsky against his former team, that's another thing that is a plus for Florida, wants to beat his old mates and uh, 
numbers. Lincoln's likely uh, be a net here for uh, Columbus tonight. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one uh, goes between these two teams. All right. Uh, next game on the uh, Tuesday or sorry, the Monday slate, we've got the Anaheim Ducks uh, taking on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Anaheim minus uh, pretty much even money, actually, both sides, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, when I look at it here with the uh, Ducks, this is a tricky spot. They've been on the road for a very long time. If you watch that game on Hockey Day in Canada against Ottawa, uh, Anaheim won the final score. Based on the final score, they didn't win much else. I mean, that was all Ottawa, essentially. And that was the John Gibson show, uh, essentially stealing two points uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. It was a, a better fate deserved for the uh, Ottawa Senators in that game. And you look at this road trip here for uh, Anaheim. It's been a long one. You know, it started in Boston. Uh, last two uh, Monday, uh, where they beat the uh, Boston Bruins five to three, uh, and then they went to uh, Toronto and uh, lost in a shootout four three to the Leafs. Another game that they only got a point because of Gibson. They got badly outshot, outplayed in that one. Uh, five four win over Montreal. Hell, you could argue that they got outshot and outplayed in that one and kind of hung on for the victory. Believe it or not, uh, against Montreal in that game five to four, and then totally outplayed and outshot, outchanced. They didn't have the puck very much. 45-20 shot advantage for Ottawa, but Anaheim getting the 2-1 to one victory uh, in that game on Saturday afternoon. I like Detroit here. I like the way it sets up for them from a spot perspective. I like the way they play at home. I like the effort they gave you against uh, Toronto on Saturday night. Obviously, it fell apart for them in the third period, uh, but 7-4 loss. But they played two pretty solid periods. Uh, they're starting to score again, which is good to see. Uh, they uh, upset Pittsburgh in a shootout by a score of 3-2. to two. Uh, on Friday night against all of a sudden the Penguins kind of looking ahead to the all-star break because they've lost a few in a row now uh, against uh, lesser teams at home, this Pittsburgh team, but still give Detroit credit for the way they played. Dylan Larkin's just terrific right now. There's another one. I'm not going to say, yeah, don't bet Dylan Larkin to score at the moment. Uh, I, I would not say that for uh, him whatsoever. Five goals in the last three games for him. Uh, the captain of the Red Wings has been absolutely terrific uh, as of late. In fact, the last six games, he's got uh, it, it, he's got six goals uh, in the last five games combined for the Red Wings. So I think it's a good spot. You know, I think there's a tired Anaheim team. They've been winning games with smoke and mirrors because Gibson's bailed them out, bailed them out against uh, uh, Ottawa, really only in the game because of Gibson against Toronto. Just a road trip where they've actually had really had the play taken to them, and now they're tired. This is the very last uh, game of this uh, road trip uh, for Anaheim. Uh, and then uh, this is also their final game before the uh, All-Star break, too, for the uh, Ducks. Whereas Detroit, they've still got one more game to play Wednesday night at home against L.A. So here we go. This is that angle. Final game before the break. Your head's looking forward to getting the time off. It's the end of this road trip. I could see this being just a – this is not a spot at all I want Anaheim. So I like Detroit even money. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ducks and Red Wings. You know, for most of those same reasons, I like the over five and a half here. I think that's a great number for, like I said, this could be an Anaheim team that's, that's already kind of uh, put themselves on vacation and, and the Detroit team, which we can't trust the Delkovic right now, the way he's played uh, as of late. He's the confirmed starter for Detroit. So this definitely feels like it could be a game where we see some goals back and forth. I don't know if they'll be early, so I'm not, not going to touch the first period over, but I think we'll see enough over 60 minutes to get that five and a half in. All right, there we go. So over five. I wouldn't argue with that. Could be sloppy. Not Wouldn't be a total shock to see that. Uh, no question with this uh, being the total end of the road trip here for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, by the way, two straight meetings have gone over the total as well uh, between the Ducks and the Red Wings, including the earlier meeting this season in a shootout 
Uh, Anaheim was victorious 4-3 uh, earlier this month in a shootout at home against Detroit, and that game went over the total. So, yeah, I have no argument with Alex's thought there that this game could get over that 5.5. Uh, um, Andrew, uh, what do you think here, Anaheim-Detroit? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's interesting because, like, the spot screams Detroit, right? The spot absolutely screams Detroit. We're talking about the All-Star game coming up, East Coast road trip where Anaheim has certainly seen success. Um you know, and they're 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 still on the East Coast. They're waiting for this game against Detroit. Now, Detroit's at home. They've just played two tough teams uh, with Toronto and Pittsburgh. And you know, I think that it it's one of those things where for Anaheim right now, um, if you like them and like the way they've been playing, I personally think that this is a value spot with the Ducks. I mean, that you're getting pick them here with a team that overall has played much better hockey as a, as a whole. But I think the spot screams the, the wings, and that's why we're getting a pick and price here. Um, so, look, I like the five and a half as towards the over if it was to play this game because, as you guys know, I've been looking towards that quite often, whether it's a East Coast team, West Coast, or a West Coast team East. Um, near the end of road trips is something I like to look for, but especially if that's a five and a half total. Detroit's been, you know, putting the, you know, uh, the puck at the net quite a bit. Their, their shot count has been high. But you just can't really trust them defensively. You can't. They turn the puck over. They don't back check. So if I was playing this game, I'd go over five and a half. But I don't know. I slight lean to the Ducks in the money line. But as you can tell, I don't have anything strong on this game. Super interesting spot play, though, I think, because with Detroit being at home and Anaheim uh, having a really successful East Coast road trip, uh, maybe they do finish off on, on a good note. But I just expect sloppiness and I expect goals. And like you mentioned, last time these two teams played, Last two times went over the total as well. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't talk anyone out of the – I probably will bet that actually as well, the over in this game. It really does make sense. Uh, it's been a long road trip, sloppy play. When you're mentally tired, you're physically tired, you're jet-lagged, you're all that stuff, uh, that's when the mistakes and miscues and gaffes with the puck increase. And you could see that for Anaheim at the defensive end tonight as a result of this uh, lengthy road trip, four games through the East, a week now. And like I say, last game, you know, not only the last game of the All-Star break, but for these guys, they're going to get rest if they're not going to All-Star weekend. They get to back to the warm sunshine and warmth of California. That's not a bad thing uh, to get back to either at this time of year. Uh, Jimmy, uh, any thoughts from you here with the Ducks and the Red Wings? It's a Jimmy pass, folks. There you go, Jimmy. Don't blame Short me, Jimmy. And sweet. Uh, and to the point. All right, Edmonton and Ottawa. Next up, we've got uh, Edmonton, uh, minus 200 uh, road favorites here in this game. Uh, the total six and a half pretty much across the board uh, in this one. Oilers and Senators. Look, uh, I, I, I'm on Edmonton in regulation here again. I, I really think this team is picking up some steam uh, right now uh, with their play. Uh, they, they've all of a sudden turned from a dead bet against to, uh, at the moment, you know, a, a bet on squad. I mean, they're playing better. Vander Kane doesn't wait around in his Oilers debut. He scores their very first goal in that game against Montreal. You know, I've been very impressed here with what I've seen from this Oilers group. Uh, you look at them, they've got uh, uh, one more game to go uh, before the uh, All-Star break. So does Ottawa. Ottawa plays tomorrow night against the uh, Islanders. Uh, and Ottawa, you know, we know they're always capable. Uh, we know they're always willing to give some of these better teams a battle. You know, they took Washington to overtime. They put up a good fight against Pittsburgh recently. Uh, and, of course, Anaheim, you could argue in the last game, they should have won that game. I thought they played respectably against uh, Carolina, but fell short in that game in a shootout 3-2. to two. But I can't get past the fact that there's still some key, key cogs out for the Senators at this point in time. 
When you're talking about uh, Josh Norris, who's going to be out indefinitely with an upper body injury, Drake Batherson, who's not going to be back until very late in the regular season, that's going to add up. And that's the problem I think we have with Ottawa. They had all kinds of chances galore, all kinds of uh, shots on goal and opportunities on John Gibson Saturday afternoon against Anaheim, but they're missing that steal a soccer term. And I did watch Canada USA, by the way, yesterday uh, in the soccer. They're lacking that clinical precision right now, Ottawa. They're lacking that finish. You know, they're, they're, they're getting the chances, even the, the last game without Norris and Batherson, but they're lacking that just that high-end skill that you need to finish those chances and put it in the net. Uh, and that's going to be the concern, I think, for Ottawa uh, moving forward at this point in time. And like we say, the, things are trending up for the Oilers. They're uh, they're starting to score again. Dreisaitl's been very good lately. Uh, McDavid and Kane showing instant chemistry in the uh, first time for uh, Kane with the Oilers against Montreal the other night. You look at the potential that line has, you know, say what, again, say what you will about what he's done off the ice. We're talking about his hockey abil- abilities. Uh, Evander Kane is arguably going to be, if not maybe the best winger he's played with so far, McDavid. Uh, and already showing maybe signs of that uh, in that first game. Uh, I think Edmonton can, has enough in them to get the job done here. They've got uh, just a tremendous vibe going at the moment. Uh, Ottawa, again, chances galore, but at some point you got to finish, and they're struggling to do that right now, uh, the Senators. So I'm going to go with the Oilers here in regulation, lay a little bit of a lesser price on that, uh, get a better uh, number, obviously, if you go that route. Uh, you can find the Oilers closer to minus 125 or so here. Uh, in regulation in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Oilers and Senators? Yeah, that's the only thing I can look at here, too, would be either regulation or team total over. Uh, you only land $1.30, $1.35 with that at 3.5. Like I said, this just seems to be a, like a mismatch. The only thing you worry about is if Edmonton, if they're kind of looking ahead and they you know lay an egg, I don't think that's the case. I think with them having this winning streak, they would want to continue that uh, rolling here uh, against an Ottawa team that they're far superior than. So, uh, I would only look at Edmonton here. It's not an official play for me, but like I said, regulation, T total over, those things make sense. All right, there we go. So just a couple of leans here for Alex when it comes to this game. Koskinen, of course, three-game win streak all of a sudden for Koskinen, in which he has a 2.22 goals against and 933 save percentage uh, in his last three starts. So suddenly Miko Koskinen is finding uh, a little bit of his footing uh, as well. Matt Murray, by the way, will get the uh, start in uh, net for Ottawa. And Murray is a lot like Forsberg, Gustafson, and any other goalie Ottawa's had in net this year. One night they could look terrific, and one night they're just absolutely awful. Uh, so it's really a, it's the old proverbial Forrest Gump box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get uh, often from Matt Murray. Uh, Andrew, uh, Oilers and Sens. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that uh, I opened up with that stat kind of for a reason, and, and, and Ian kind of called it. <laughs> It's one of those nights where it's I, I believe it's going to be chalky. And I'll tell you what, guys, I don't do this that often, but looking at the you know the sponsored book uh, from the Hockey Podcast Network right now, DraftKings, and there's a few there's a few props that I've played. One prop you guys might find kind of interesting. I've even though Evander Kane's kind of a shoot first guy, I'm looking at Evander Kane. I've locked this in to get a, an assist tonight over 0.5 assists. That's plus 150. I also locked in uh, Leon Dreisaitl over one and a half points, not just not not just a point, one and a half points plus 130. And then I'm on uh, the regulation line for the Edmonton Oilers here. I mean, what's very cool about the fact that 
Kane is now on this team is that it separates the, everybody a lot more. Um, you know, people want to talk about all the off-ice stuff here. Um, I don't care about that when I'm making my wagers, like you said, Ian. And the cool thing is, is that he's kind of like, a, I wouldn't, not exact comparison, but he's kind of like a Tom Wilson where he's a tougher guy, but he plays big minutes and he plays up there in the top lines. And people will forget when he played for San Jose that last season, he had one of his best seasons he's had in years. This is a guy that's, you know, reached the 40 goal mark at one point in his career. I mean, this is a guy that can score. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Did you see the smile that McDavid had after Kane's goal? <laughs> he was happy. It, was, he, it wasn't just Kane that was happy. It was like McDavid was like, thank God, like, here we go. You know, I got somebody else now. Um, so even though K- Kane is the pass first guy, he's playing on a line with McDavid and Yamamoto. So if I can get a point, you know, an assist from him, at plus 150. That's why I find these assist props so cool at DraftKings because a lot of books will just give you either points, goals, or, or uh, yeah, or that's it. But DraftKings gives you the assist option, which kind of takes everything away from that. If he scores a goal, obviously I don't win the bet, but if he sets up McDavid, McDavid does something crazy and scores, we cash, you know, at plus 150. So I think that's pretty good price for anybody to get an assist playing on a line with Connor McDavid at plus 150 to me it has to be a play. So uh, just a few wagers I've locked in there, though, guys. But I find that super interesting for the uh, the player points, too. Take a look at the player points. Um, you know, Brady Kachuk over 0.5 minus 190. You've got Poole Yarvey over 0.5 points minus 120. And then Dreisaitl over 1.5 points plus 130. McDavid over 1.5 points is minus 115. They scored seven goals against the Montreal Canadiens. Guess how many points McDavid had? Zero. Yep. And that's a huge thing for the Oilers, for them to have seven huge goals. Positive. Yep. And yeah, and not one of those goals McDavid had a point in. So just a few things to look out for tonight. But guys, looking forward to uh, hopefully coming on the show tomorrow and being happy about cashing a few of these props. Yeah, definitely. Someone to look for, too, for the Oilers on their blue line because of Barry being out. He's moved into a number one power play role from the blue line. Shooting the puck as a result a lot more is Evan Bouchard uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers as well. This is someone to keep an eye on. You look at the last uh, five games. Now, oddly enough, he had an assist on the Evander Kane deflection goal uh, against Montreal, but he didn't have any shots on goal, believe it or not, that night. But prior to that, he had three shots or more in four consecutive games and four shots on goal. Uh, in three of those games. So Evan Bouchard for the Edmonton Oilers right now, uh, you know, to sprinkle on, to score a point, score a goal, shots on goal, all of those kind of things. Definitely keep an eye on that. Something to consider as well for props tonight. Maybe Evan Bouchard as well for the Oilers. Again, getting that power play role and that top pairing role now uh, on defense for the Edmonton Oilers with Tyson Berry uh, still on IR. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Edmonton, Ottawa. I think Andrew makes some great points about the effect that, you know, Kane can have on that lineup. And look, I, you know, I, I want Kane to get his life together as much as anyone. I want, you know, I believe in second chances, even though he's on his 21st chance, but you know, I, I just, <laughs> I, I'm not cheering against him. I, I know that's not, I'm not cheering against him. And I think, you know, if he can keep his head on straight, yeah, he's going to help that team. And that may go down as the biggest pickup that any team makes before the NHL trade deadline. And they got him essentially for free. So, you know, good on him if he can keep it going here. And, yeah, McDavid was psyched because, like Andrew said, he finally got a a threat on his wing there. And, 
you know, with that, that's going to open him up because now people have to worry about something else than McDavid. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, there that they held McDavid to no points there. And that's, it was, it was so comical to hear Dom Ducharme, the coach of the Canadians, try to rally the, you know, rally it up and say that was some kind of huge victory that he, he held McDavid pointless. But, you know, in the past it has been. The problem is there's other players on the Oilers other than McDavid. And there's this one guy named Drysdale that apparently Ducharme forgot about. But, look, I look at that line right now and I love that prop. I'm going to jump on that with you, Andrew, and take the assist for uh, Kane. But another one that I would look at, you'd probably get some great value on it because nobody's talking about him. And he might he might be the guy that nobody pays attention to is Yamamoto. You know, that's the guy on the other wing there. He's he's probably going to be open a lot right now for shots. So not only would I jump on him for a goal prop, but you might want to look at, you know, shots on goal as well because he he's going to free up, man. Everybody else is going to be looking at Kane and McDavid, and he's just going to be left there. Uh, for the pickings, and I, I, I think he's a guy to watch in the coming weeks as that line starts to gain chemistry. Uh, so I'm going to jump on those props, and then also taking the Oilers on the puck line. All right, also jumping on the uh, Oilers puck line here, Jimmy, in this one, minus one and a half, plus 125 uh, for Edmonton uh, on the puck line. And uh, by the way, Yamamoto, that first game with that new top line of uh, McDavid, Kane, and Yamamoto. Yamamoto had just one shot on goal, the one point uh, in that game. Just one game sample size. You, you can't overreact to it. You definitely want to see what happens tonight and moving forward with this new-look top line with him on it for the Edmonton Oilers alongside, of course, McDavid and Kane. All right, Vancouver and Chicago. We've got Chicago minus 120 uh, home favorites here, slight home favorites in this game. Uh, the total five and a half uh, pretty much across the board here in this one. Uh, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, just a hodgepodge of results from them, essentially. Uh, uh, but a lot of it not good lately. Uh, one and five in the last six games. The only victory was that crazy game with the old Central Division rivalry game last week against Detroit, 8-5 to five win for Chicago. Uh, but outside of that, the wins have been few and far between. Losses to the Kraken, the Wild twice in back-to-back games, and then two to Colorado. So last four losses have been to two of the better teams in the Western Conference. But uh, definitely it's been a struggle here for uh, Chicago. Uh, you look at this Vancouver team. They only got a point in that last game against Calgary uh, Saturday night because of Thatcher Demko. It was a complete and utter outplaying uh, by the Calgary Flames over Vancouver. 32-15 to 15, uh, in terms of shots on goal. Johnny Gaudreau with the only goal of the game uh, in overtime. Uh, and it ended up being a uh, overtime victory here for uh, the Canucks. The Canucks all of a sudden just 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. Uh, so all of a sudden the hot start uh, under Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, they've cooled off just a little bit here. Uh, the Canucks going into this game tonight against Chicago. Uh, obviously, uh, they've still had a couple of their key cogs out, but they just did get Bo Horvat back, which was uh, significant and obviously will help them quite a bit. Still without a couple defensemen, Cal Burroughs, Tucker Pullman, uh, Hamannick as well, Tanner Pearson still on IR. For Chicago, you know, it's basically the guys that have been out for a while are still out. Still out. Jujar Kara uh, still out. Uh, Tyler Johnson still out. Of course, Jonathan Taves as well. Uh, out right now still for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I think at this point in time, with uh, the team just wasn't thrilled with the uh, lack of 
thrust they had. They just didn't have the puck very much. They certainly didn't generate much in the way of scoring chances. It's probably a nice little bounce back spot here for Vancouver, to be quite honest with you in this game. I definitely do like them here at a plus 100 uh, even money price here on the road tonight uh, against the Blackhawks. Alex, so what do you think here, Vancouver, Chicago? I'm looking at the draw here, potentially. I think these are you know two teams, obviously, like I said, have been losing as of late and uh, with the Hawks, like I said, just very inconsistent up and down. Even though, yes, some of the, you know playing at Colorado is always tough, but they just they it, they go period by period. Sometimes they have great you know first period, then they have a horrible second period, then you know they're not doing enough to get an offense rolling in the third. It, it's just a, a hodgepodge right now. Flurry getting the start again. You wonder how much you know is he going to start wearing down a bit. Granted, they'll run him you know probably tonight and maybe even uh, that last game on Wednesday uh, against Minnesota before the All Star break, but. Uh, I, I could see where this would, you know, probably would go over this total of five and a half, and I wouldn't be shocked to see it tied at three after 60 minutes. So I'm going to go with the draw plus 310. There you go. Plus 310 on the draw for Alex with Vancouver and Chicago. Yeah, it will be Yaro Halak, by the way, his first start of the year uh, for the uh, Vancouver, of the calendar year, I should say. Uh, he hasn't started in January. Of course, he's been out for a while, finally off protocol list, and finally ready to start here tonight for the Canucks. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux giving him, he needs some work. Uh, so he's going to give him the start tonight. His last start was a good one against L.A. In, uh, back on December 30th. One goal uh, on 35 shots. So it was one of the better starts of the year for uh, Yaroslav Halak. We'll see if he can uh, uh, play well tonight. He's been out for a while. You never know. It's always dicey uh, with these uh, goalies when they've been uh, out of uh, action for this long a period of time. But we'll see how it goes for Halak tonight. Andrew, what do you think here? Vancouver, Chicago. It's it's an interesting game because like, I'll be honest, I don't want to bet Vancouver with let without Demko. I don't. I just don't want to bet on them. And if Demko is not between the pipes, and realistically, as much as the Vancouver Canucks have kind of been a, I hate to use this term, but kind of like a public team right now. People are loving this bandwagon since Boudreaux took over. I don't really know about this spot for them. I don't love the odds as far as Chicago goes. I don't really want to lay a price with them that often. Um, but yeah, with Halak in, I think Flurry to me, people are kind of giving him a hard time saying there's like personal things or because the the trade rumors. I don't know. I just think that it's 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 such a it's such a common thing for people to rip goalies when teams aren't playing well. I mean, let's let's slap Samuel Montembeau on the Tampa Bay Lightning or Colorado Avalanche tomorrow and see how his win percentage turns into. Like it's the biggest bullshit thing that you hear from people. Like this guy's having a bad season. Okay, well look who he plays for. You know what I mean? So I don't think Flurry's been that bad. And like I actually, even though it's Halak, my initial gut lean was the under in this game, and I'm gonna still recommend that. That would still be the play I'd look for. And I've talked about Vancouver wanting to play shutdown and play lower scoring, and I think Chicago's capable of doing it. That's almost when they've been at their best. I think is when they get a couple, you know, a goal from Kaner and Debrinkit gets alive, and then all of a sudden they lock things down. So uh, I think this one could sneak under five and a half, and it seems seems like the you know the the money is on the over, so it's a decent price towards the under actually. Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks have had some good recent success. I'm seeing in Chicago. I mean, earlier this year, Chicago won in Vancouver. Uh, it was uh, one nothing a shutout when Flurry was in that game, and of course he'll start tonight. Uh, Forty saves he made. Uh, in that win against Vancouver uh, earlier this year. So very impressive. And look, it's not been good for Fleury. What's he on? A one and four run, 3.76 goals against average in his last five games. But there's no question part of that is the team in front of him. It's not all on Marc-Andre Fleury as ter- in terms of that recent one and four slide 
uh, in his last five starts in net for the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Vancouver, Chicago. Yeah, uh, I'll make it quick, guys, because my reception's been going in and out here. But just, you know, you brought up all the shots on goal against there in their last game uh, against Vancouver there. So I would take the Chicago over the shot, shot total as a team in this because I think we're going to see that again right now. It's kind of been a bend, don't break uh, approach for the Vancouver Canucks lately. So I think we see a lot of shots get poured on that there. I'm going to lean away. It might be a game I jump in in game to do something with the over under the side. But for now, that's that would be my only bet would be that prop. And of course, a reminder, you'll be able to see us all jump in on stuff in game tomorrow night on the live betcast, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Again, DM any one of us if you want an invite to the uh, live stream, the live betcast. Uh, we'll send one to you to, tomorrow night for this great, what, 11 games, I believe, on the Tuesday card uh, tomorrow night. I mean, this is going to be by far the most games we've ever had uh, on a night. Uh, for a betcast because we've never done one in the regular season until now. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were always playoff betcasts. So we're looking forward to that tomorrow night, the first uh, regular season Ice Guys Live betcast, uh, Tuesday night, February 1st, uh, starting at uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We're also looking forward to the Super Bowl. Uh, It is now official, uh, and DraftKings Sportsbook certainly uh, can help you uh, make some money with that. The moment we've been waiting for, it's here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team, the Rams or the Bengals. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Reminder that DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York State, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, You can still play for DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize uh, with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Uh, must be 21 years of age or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gaming pro- Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOP-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use that promo code THPN. All right, final game of this Monday card, New Jersey Devils, Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto minus 340, uh, six the total, six and a half in some spots. Um, so Sheldon Keefe, interesting. Interesting experiment. He's been like a mad scientist the last week for this Leafs team. He decides for the first time ever to put Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander on separate lines. One on the first line, one on the second line, one on the third line. He did that against Anaheim. They won the game. They dominated. They actually controlled the play throughout. It looked like, wow, this experiment looks pretty good. So he stuck with it against Detroit on Saturday night. Didn't go quite as well uh, because they were down 4-2 after the first two periods. So all of a sudden, third period comes around. They're down two the other night, and he goes back to some old lines and now puts them together again uh, and, and puts an end, at least temporarily, 
to having Matthews, Marner, and Nylander on separate lines. And sure enough, third period, they rally, they beat Detroit. So that's what I like about Keith. Mike Babcock, for so many years with that Leafs team, just kept things stagnant, kept things the same, wouldn't make little changes in game when things weren't going well. Keith did that Saturday night, and look at it, turned around the Detroit team, plus the, the Detroit game in the third period, plus the fact that, hey, we don't want to be losing to this team. They played on a back-to-back. We should be the rested team here in the third period. Uh, and they took it to the Red Wings and turned that game around completely. What, 5 nothing in the third period for the Leafs? Turning that 4-2 deficit uh, into a 7-4 win. This power play is just insane right now for the Leafs. And for, remember, for the longest time, what's wrong with this power play? How do they have this great collection of forwards and talent and not have a good power play uh, for the longest time? Well, they have a good power play right now. They are... Absolutely rolling the puck movement. You know, nobody's staying stationary. They're moving bodies around in the offensive zone. Uh, The puck movement's been great. Uh, This Leaf power play, the last five games, they have scored six power play goals in the last five games. Just terrific efficiency and execution with the man advantage. Uh, Now they're playing a Devils team that, you know, for the most part has had defensive issues for the most part has had goaltending problems they are still in a situation new jersey uh, going into this game tonight uh, where they are without uh, you know a couple of their key goalies uh, going into this game uh, we talk about mackenzie blackwood uh, has been out for a long period of time uh, we talk about uh, jonathan bernier still on ir as well and we've got akira schmid uh, in net for the uh, new jersey devils and if anybody saw him against dallas in his last start hideous not good uh, for akira schmid uh, in that game for the uh, New Jersey Devils, making his first appearance since getting shelled in that game. Three goals on seven shots. He got pulled. Uh, before that, he gave up five goals on 30 shots December 18th in a start against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it's been ugly. I mean, five goals against an 824 save percentage at the NHL level this year for Akira Schmid's not good. So on Saturday night with Toronto-Detroit, on this Saturday show, I did a double up. I did Toronto team total over. And I did the full game over uh, in that game. Both of them cashed. I'm doing the same thing tonight. Uh, Toronto team total over three and a half. Now, I got to lay a little price here, minus 160, minus 165. But I'm going to do it because I think there's a great chance they get to four goals tonight. They're feeling it offensively. I don't trust this kid or the blue line in front of them right now for New Jersey. But I think the Devils can chip in as well uh, in this game. And we'll get over the six for the full game total as well. So Leafs team total over three and a half and full game over six minus 120 for me. Alex, uh, Devils and Leafs. Yeah, I'm going to go with, this is actually my best bet as well, but I'm going to take Toronto on the puck line in the first period, getting plus a dollar of dollar five. Uh, I think they'll be able to get, uh, you know, like I said, their offense rolling now again against Schmidt, who's just doesn't seem to be an NHL level goalie right now. Uh, he said he you know struggled mightily in that last start against Dallas. I would be shocked to see kind of more of the same here uh, with Toronto. Like I said, diversifying that lineup now, getting that offense rolling on multiple lines, uh, that's a huge boost for them. So I think they'll take advantage of that early and come out of that first period with a lead. Yeah, Mitch Marner, shots on goal and to score tonight, no, no reservations with that at all. None at all. He's shooting more. They've, they've wanted him to shoot more. He actually is shooting more now and actually looking to find the back of the net. And his offensive confidence is coming back in terms of scoring. We know he's the playmaker, great passing, great vision, all that, but he's got that goal-scoring ability right now. Alex has to run. Of course, he's getting prepared for his Denver trip. So just before you go, Alex, we'll let you go in a, a second or two. Just reiterate, best bet for tonight. 
Yeah, like I said, yeah, Toronto Maple Leafs first period puck less to lay in a half a goal at plus a dollar five is the best available price I'm seeing right now. Like I said, that, that offense is just rolling really hot. And New Jersey, their, their goaltending is uh, suspect to say the least. So we should see them get uh, get out to a lead after 20 minutes. Maple Leafs first period puck line is my best bet. There you go. Toronto minus a half in the first period plus 105 best bet for Alex B. Smith. Alex, we'll let you run. Good to see yep, you. We'll see, see you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. And then I'll be on for the BetCast uh, early in the, around the first period time. Like I said, getting ready to travel. So, But I'll be there for the first period of most of the uh, the early start. So I can't wait for Awesome that. stuff. All right, Alex. We'll see you tomorrow, right. my friend. See you guys. There see he is, Alex B. Smith uh, here on the Ice Guys show. All right, Andrew, uh, what do you like here? New Jersey, Toronto. I like uh, Mitch Marner over two and a half shots at minus 110. Uh, you yep. just touched on it there. Um, I know it's kind of a... Uh, it's really what have you done for me lately? Because I was just looking at his Roto Wire before we started this uh, on Roto Wire before we started this show, and it's five six, then one four two one two, and didn't play for a little while, then one two zero two. Point being is his shots on goal are just starting to pick up, and if you've learned anything from what Ian does with his goal scoring props that he does well on, it's got to be what have you done for me lately with prop betting and. You can get at DraftKings right now. Matthew's over four and a half shots at like plus 120 or something. Uh, that's a lot of shots. I mean, Matthews could have two goals and still only have three shots and not get you there, you know? So um, I think I think Marner's a great play. I wanted to say this, Ian, and, and I'm not trying to just be Mr. Chalk today, but uh, it depends on where you shop around. Um, if you look at DraftKings right now and you're taking a look at the NHL betting board, if you parlay... On the money line, the Florida Panthers, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Maple Leafs, you get plus 160. Some might say maybe that's not worth it. Throw in a regulation on the Oilers, throw in a puck line. on. I mean, we're not trying to sit here every every day on the show and advocate for parlays. Um, I've been parlaying, actually, players to get points. But I got to think that I think the Panthers are going to beat the Jackets. I think the Oilers are going to beat down the Senators. And then we just need the Leafs to finish off this. I don't know. I, I I think if you're a money line player, just wanted to bring that to the attention. Plus 160, 165 for those three teams. I'll probably be tying the Leafs in um, into some way, shape, or form. I wanted to look at some props with them, but I just have a feeling tonight it's where the big guns get going. Uh, Matthews, a couple games with him without a goal. So he's like minus 130 to score a goal. Can't be doing that. Um, so that's kind of what I'll do, to be honest with you. I'll probably end up making some type of parlay um, with the Leafs and involved with some of those other favorites. All right, there we go. And again, that's Florida, Edmonton, Toronto, three-team yeah. money line parlay plus one sixty. You uh, do, uh, if you do, if you do. This is at DraftKings. If you do the puck line with the Oilers and the Leafs money line plus one ninety-seven, no, that's pretty good. No, that's pretty good stuff right there. You know, so. I got to admit, the one I'm worried about in that three teams is Florida uh, against that Columbus team that's pretty damn pissed off with uh, uh, that last that 9-2 loss and uh, hearing the crowd chanting, we want 10 goals, we want 10 goals. So that that's the one I'd be frightened about. But <laughs> they are still better than Columbus. They could surely still win that game. But I think they're getting one hell of an effort tonight, Florida, from that Columbus team, even with them on a back-to-back. We'll see. But you can't argue the odds and the prices. Plus 160 for those three teams is pretty solid for a three-team bigger favorite money line parlay like that uh jimmy what do you like here new jersey toronto yeah i'm gonna jump on with you i'm gonna dovetail you uh ian jump on your back there and take that team total over for toronto and the over total in the game as well 
And I like that too with Mitch Marner, guys. I mean, I, I, I don't know who wrote the story, so I apologize uh, for not being able to credit the writer. Um, but it was a great story. I think it might have been on TSN just about how Mitch Marner has really changed his mental approach to the game and he's not being as hard on himself right now. And it's showing on the ice, like you guys said. I mean, he's, he's definitely shooting with more confidence. He's skating with more confidence. And he was just always one of those guys who, you know, things would be going great for a few games, but if it turned the other way, then it went bad for a few games and sometimes longer for him. Uh, I think he's taking more of a even-keeled approach right now, and he's definitely a player to watch going forward. Yep, no question about that. Um, absolutely. Um, definitely a, a guy that's getting his confidence, saying, I think he's finally hearing people and realizing and seeing in his own confidence. That I don't think he had the confidence before that I can be a goal scorer. I can score goals. I can actually put the puck in the net. I usually leave that to Austin or I leave that to William or I leave that to some of my other teammates. But now he's getting that confidence to shoot the puck and find the back of the net and score. Uh, and as a result, you know, that's why he is scoring more goals as of late. But the whole team, no doubt. Michael Bunting as well. I mean, he's just feeling it right now. You're right, five goals in the last five games. He had the hat trick uh, against Detroit. No, And I, like I said, if I had known or remembered or, or heard about it or knew about it before the game started, that Michael Bunting was from Scarborough, Ontario, which is where they were doing all those outdoor <laughs> segments for Hockey Day in Canada uh, on Saturday, I would have bet the goal scorer prop for him because I knew he'd be fired up. You know, his hometown is spotlighted uh, on Hockey Day in Canada. He'd be wanting to put on a good performance, and he sure did. A hat trick for Michael Bunting. He even put the bunt in Bunting for one of those goals. He knocked it out of the air, uh, and it went in the net. So credit to him. Great performance against Detroit on Saturday night. And a great performance by the, my colleagues here, Andrew, Alex, and Jimmy, a great Ice Guys show. Yeah, Andrew, you wanted to say something? Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say, and I'm sure all of you guys would agree with this, and especially Jimmy being a reporter, that that just proves that those guys get up for more games than others. I hate when people say they don't because it's just these guys are humans like us. He literally said, it's Scarborough. I, I'm proud of where I'm from. I mean, that that should be like their case closed statement that players get up for some games more than others. Any thoughts there, Jamie? Yeah, they totally do. And I mean, as, as Ian was talking about that, I mean, I just think back, like, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't watch, I confess, I, I, I well, it wasn't available as much back in those days because I'm so old, but uh, I didn't get to watch Hockey Night in Canada as much, you know, and as I start, as it was more made more available and I started to learn more about it, and just see the thrill when those guys in the intermissions of the post-game shows, they get that white hockey night and Canada towel put around them. Those guys keep those. I mean, I, I know a lot of players that have those hanging in their home, you know, their home basements and their home bars or whatever. They frame them. That's a big thing to those guys up there. You guys know that. And they for sure get up for certain games, uh, you know. And don't ever disregard um, – you know, the pride factor or the, the emotional factor of sports. I just think you're being stupid if you do that. I agree. I mean, you're definitely, there's always in any sport, regardless of what the player actually says, there's some games that just mean a little more to him in his heart, in his gut, emotionally, than some other games. And you, you certainly see that sometimes come to fruition, no question. Great stuff with Andrew, with Alex, and with Jimmy. We'll wrap things up with best bets for this Monday edition of the show. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Best bet, I'll go uh, I'll go Edmonton puck line at a pretty good price, I think. Uh, around plus 125 at DraftKings right now. Plus there 130. it is. 
All right, Edmonton Oilers minus one and a half, plus 125 puck line against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, best bet for Andrew McGinnis. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, what do you got for best bet? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to do the same exact thing there. I know I pumped the uh, tires of the Ottawa Senators, man. And look, if they were healthy, I think they'd be making me look a lot smarter right now. But they're not, and they're human. And I, I just... They seem to be getting maybe to that point where they're a bit demoralized, and this break is definitely going to help them a little to kind of gather their thoughts and, 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 and you know, recharge uh, for the rest of the season. And when they get healthy again, I, w- I will start to look at them as that spoiler team I thought they could be. But for now, I mean, Edmonton's rolling right now. This is a team that's regained their confidence. You don't want to get in, in front of a freight train like that. So give me the Oilers. Puck line. There you go. Same uh, a double uh, double dip here of best bets. Edmonton puck line for Jimmy as well. Minus one and a half, plus 125 against Ottawa. And my best bet is eh, we're going to lay a little juice more than normal, but it's clearly to me the spot that I like the most, and it's Toronto's team total uh, over three and a half, minus 160. I mean, they're feeling it offensively, and they didn't even like the way they started that game. I think there is some onus on the on the start. Uh, I know Alex likes Toronto puck line as his best bet first period. I'm going to go with that team total over three and a half. It's minus 160. Like I said, you got to lay a little bit of a price here. I don't love, usually love you know the bigger chalk prices for a best bet, but I'm going to make an exception tonight because I do feel very strongly this team gets four goals minimum tonight against a very shaky young goalie for New Jersey and a Devils team that against the better squads, look, they're going to have trouble, I think, keeping the puck out of their own net. We've seen that in recent games. I like the full game over six as well in that game, but for best bet, Toronto Maple Leafs team total over three and a half, minus 160 for my best bet. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. 209 live viewers, hit the like button. Make sure you do that on the way out. Subscribe to the channel, of course, the Ice Guys as well, if you haven't done so already. And tell everybody that you know that's an NHL fan, a hockey fan, a hockey better, you know, to join us here on the channel. Subscribe to the Ice Guys channel. And a reminder, tomorrow we've got our regular show, 2 p.m. Eastern. And then we've got our first live BetCast of the season, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, tomorrow night. If you want in on the BetCast stream to join us on the air, everyone will see you. Hang out, grab your beer, grab your shots, whatever it is you want to drink, water even, anything. Uh, Just grab your favorite (laughs) beverage, whatever it is. Uh, We'll be live betting. We'll be watching the games. We'll be commenting on the games. It's really like sitting at a bar, sitting at a pub with a bunch of people watching hockey. That's the vibe we want with the BetCast. Uh, It's the vibe we've had in the past, and we're bringing it back tomorrow night, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So join us for that, the Ice Guys live BetCast on Tuesday night right here on the Ice Guys YouTube channel. That's a wrap for Andrew, for Jimmy, and for Alex. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Uh, Enjoy the games and good luck. And by the way, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the podcast when you can't watch the show live. Have a great Monday night, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.